Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm so thrilled you're here today listening to our episode because this is such a fun episode. You're going to get a kick out of it. Uh, We are connecting with a good friend of mine, Adriana Keefe. She is a coach who coaches women to create harmony within their life without sacrificing their goals. And she does this by focusing on human design. And so we are going to be talking to her all about human design, the five types. If you don't know your human design type, you can head on over to her website, adrianakeefe.com. You can find the link in the show notes and you can click the button that says, give me my chart and it will help you to understand who you were energetically born to be and help you align with your energy, the energy of your birth. And so human design is an interesting tool. We're going to learn more about it today and learn all about the five types. So if you already know your human design type, I think you'll find it super interesting. You're really going to um, enjoy this episode. She has both my chart and Russell's chart in front of her. So we're going to learn a little bit more about uh the intimate details of our charts and how it might affect what we do and who we are, how we show up in the world. So hang on, this is a good one. And uh, just a reminder that I would love for you to join me. I'm teaching a workshop, a sacred cycle workshop, connecting to your sacred cycle, and we'll be practicing a yoga sequence based on the Ashtanga Yoga series. This is with Keen on Yoga and it will be happening on Saturday, January 28th. I would love for you to join me online and um, yeah, dive into creating a sequence for yourself based on some of my uh, suggestions. Because as women, we experience a lot more fluctuations within a traditional routine or traditional schedule. We uh, have our monthly cycle. We also have different times in our life. You know, we have perimenopause and menopause. We also have pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy, and we have a lot of demands on our energy, our time. And so our yoga practice has to be a lot more expansive than just asana. It needs to uh, be also more flexible in our approach to asana. And that's what we will be diving into during this workshop. And I would love to connect with you more deeply to look at how you can create a sequence that will align with your energy during different times in your cycle or different stages in your life. So head on over to Keen on Yoga, click workshops, and you will find the workshop there. And please sign up. You will get a recording if you cannot attend live, but it is a live offering, and I would just love to connect with you online. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Adriana. It's going to be amazing. 
Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. Oh, your voice is especially husky this morning. It's, I don't know, I have something in my throat. <laughs> it sounds like very sensual, like bed kind of voice. Like, yes. <laughs> it's yeah. early morning. Let's go back yeah. to bed, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like she should be reading an erotic novel or something. Ooh. That'd be nice. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, I'm kind of, sure our actually, listeners would enjoy it well, too. Well, I'm struggling to imagine. <laughs> I had a whole erotic that. dream last night, but that's another story. Oh, so. oh. <laughs> Ooh. oh another morning woke up to that. <laughs> I'm like, this is either really good for him, or this is like, wow, I'm just finding this out now. <laughs> it just means more work for me today. <laughs> oh. oh god, that's good. <laughs> Anyway, TMI. <laughs> We're here with, with co-host Russell Case. Hello, everybody. Good morning. And my dear friend. Adriana Ekife. Yeah, well, my married name Keefe? is Hispanic, so it's Keefe, yeah. Oh. It's Keefe. Yeah. <laughs> are the, the Irish are not considered Latinx? No. No, they are not. not. <laughs> very, so very, very white. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of like aren't they the latinx of europe are they not like, is that i think that's the scottish <laughs> no no i think no? oh was that the commitments is that it was the no i think it was the irish the irish the commitments the were considered i yeah. don't know enough about the irish i'll ask my husband yeah <laughs> that explains from, the boston uh, area from yes. boston mm-hmm. yeah he's yeah you yeah, should wow. hear the bostonian accent that comes out of my husband when he's especially talking to his dad Coffee. Yeah. Wow. Hoss. My daughter's like, it's a horse. He's like, Hoss. Hoss. <laughs> the Hoss. I always go Whoa, hey, like Hoss. straight back to Goodwill Hunting exactly. whenever oh, I think of Boston yeah. accents. Or the because... departed. Anything yeah. Mark Wahlberg or um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Mark Matt Wahlberg. Damon. Yep. Yeah. You one of those kids with two accents? You got two accents? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you know, I don't think I really have that much of an accent, but No, you don't. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Where, but where are you from then? I was born and raised here. My father is from Puerto Rico. And my yeah. mom, she was raised here, but her family is from Pennsylvania. They're very Pennsylvania Dutch. That's what's in my, oh, that's what kind yes. of what I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Germans. Wow. Yeah. So you're ha- no one in your house had the Boston accent. So you no. didn't yeah. really develop it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my our listeners kind of um, both adore and roll their eyes every time I do this, but I, I try to make connections with our guests. <laughs> one of the, one of the things I was most I was I was really um, excited by and activated by is that when I was in college, I had gotten into a, a circle of um, uh, Puerto Rican act, um, activists, and uh, we were we were kind of a, a, in a circle around Dr. Solis who was famously the 15th political prisoner and had been framed by uh, the FBI. Um, they planted, they planted uh, bombs in his home and they, and they discovered them when they raided his home. It's, that's how the story goes, at least from Dr. Solis's side. But yeah, it was, it was really, it was an exciting period to kind of f- feel like I was becoming more and more politically aware all the time and uh, sensitive to to my own privilege and so mm-hmm. uh is i don't know is that the is that what we're under discussion for no. today well i don't know maybe that has something to do with his chart this like obsession with finding uh intimate connections with all of our guests it's not I, one of those yeah. podcasts is it 
is that what we're talking about? Oh, I'm going to analyze the shit out of you. Yes. Oh, no. All right. Well, I have a I have an introduction okay. for Adriana. Is an award-winning real estate dropout turned human design coach and motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. After her own quarter-life crisis, she's now teaching high-achieving women how to create harmony in life. That's what that's what I do in my day. <laughs> And without sacrificing your goals. Adriana is a wife and a mother to three children. Three children. A mm. lover of wine and new girl. We can mm-hmm. ask about that. And host the podcast, Women Who Want More. Isn't that the problem when you want more? Um, <laughs> I think every woman wants more. That's that like wanting on more is what creates the suffering. I, I don't know. She strives to coach through an entire mind, body, and soul experience and teaches through one-on-one coaching workshops and speaking events welcome to the podcast thank you so much for that warm welcome and as soon as you started saying that you like to make connections with your guests i was like oh that right there that's his gate 37 you very much like to make people feel welcome and at home and encourage that easeful conversation so that makes total sense (laughs) and then what you what you get from that is when people people accidentally release personal information which is what i'm really (laughs) craving We did a podcast late last night and someone just got too comfortable and started talking about all the coke they did in the 90s. Nice. Yes. (laughs) And that's going to be a very special Christmas episode. (laughs) That's gold. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, what got you into coaching? How did you leave real estate and decide to become like a coach for high performance women and and then also like integrate this human design into what you do. Yeah, that's I mean, that's like a full blown story, but I'll make it short and sweet. Um, no, no, when no, I was in stretch it out. <laughs> it take a long listen. I have a lot of stuff I want to talk about with your design charts. So okay. um, you guys had we'll a lot. You, I had a lot of fun with your charts, but we'll get into that later. Did, did she actually do her charts? Yeah, she looked. Oh, for fuck. Yeah. yeah All right. I right. didn't make, know this was happening. That's even dense. Condensed. Yeah. Um, so when I got pregnant with our second child, I was in real estate currently. And I, you know, it from the outside looking in, everything looked beautiful, right? I was I had the family and the husband and and the white picket fence and the money and the career. And I got pregnant and realized how miserable I was. I mean, I te- I struggle with anxiety and then real estate on top of that is stress. Um, constant, constant ringing of the phone and the emails. And I had young, uh, one young daughter, another on the way. I realized like a whole summer went by and I hadn't even taken my daughter to the beach or done anything fun because I was working all nights and I was working all the weekends. And I just realized that that the money wasn't worth it for me. And I had what I call my quarter life crisis because I was like, well, if it's not this, something I'm really good at, what is it? And I went to school for veterinary. So I have literally oh, had wow. like so many careers in my life. And I hear that all the time. So I started when I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, basically, I started um, interviewing everyone I knew who were business owners. And I asked them mm-hmm. like how they got into what they're doing. Do they still love it? Following their passion versus purpose, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, I ended up hiring my own life coach and then moved on to another one and another one. And then one of these coaches recognized that I had this very strong coaching capability within me. I, at the time, had a network marketing business, which if you're not familiar with that, it's like, you know, people who sell essential oils or other. Which one was it? 
I have. I still have it. Oh, to this wine. Day. Wine. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Career um, possibilities are opening for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and I still have it. And so when I hired that coach, she recognized that my favorite part of that business was the team, was working with other people, and so she really tried to push me to start my own coaching business because of just the the more scalability that there was. Um, I had a lot of life experience very young. Uh, unfortunately, when I was a child, I was a victim of sexual abuse for a few years and overcoming as that child. as a child. Yeah. And overcoming that oh. by myself um, until like my 20s where I ended up going to court for it. And it was a whole a wow. whole thing. So I had a lot to offer that I didn't recognize. And I was like, why would anyone want to hear anything from me? Um, you know, I didn't have that certification. I didn't go to school for business. All of those thoughts that people call imposter syndrome these days, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually she just she kind of pushed me into it and I did it and I loved it. And then um, it wasn't until, well, I should back up. That coach introduced me to human design because I felt so lost. And the moment I saw my human design chart, Russell, you're probably going to feel this. I was like, holy shit, I feel so validated because Mm. like you, I'm a manifesting generator. And for all of my life, I would start things and stop things and try new things and have a million things going on at once. And I felt like I was such a quitter because that's what society was like. Why are you starting something new all the time? And then when my chart showed me that. you say that word. You've said that word around the house before. Manifesting generator. Manifesting generator. Oh, that's like, why? I thought, I I thought he meant quitter. I think she's working on <laughs> that as well. Uh, but I thought you were always just like talking about the furnace. Like what's wrong with the manifesting generator? <laughs> Like, I don't know what's going oh, on. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that's what you are as well. So you're you're a multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate person with a lot of interest. You like to do things, a lot of things all at the same time. Um, and so that kind of was like this light bulb moment for me. I didn't really do much with it except for start learning a little bit more about me. And then it wasn't mm-hmm. until I was working with the coach that I met Harmony through who mm-hmm. said, you need to be the human design expert. And again, I went through that whole who am I to be this expert? Who am I to teach people? But everyone all the time was asking me about their charts. And then we even went on that retreat and at our coach's house yeah. and people were like asking me to sit down with them and show them their charts. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. So yeah. that was everything that led me to this moment that now I'm, that's mainly what I'm focusing on is human design. Wow. That's awesome. I want to just back up and ask you a question. I'm, I'm, I'm this, it's so, is this a common experience for moms that when you, you get pregnant and you have your baby and you realize you're miserable? Yes. <laughs> no, it, it very, I did so much research on this when I first started coaching. Um, I was actually on, on TV and the news talking about these statistics um, and everything behind that because it's a rebirth of, of the woman. And it's not yeah. just the first baby. Every single time they have another child, it is a whole new rebirth. People don't prepare them for that. And nobody Mm -hmm. celebrates that new woman who she is becoming. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole identity crisis and shift that they go through with every big life change, especially something like that. So it's very is it different from postpartum depression, or is that or those two things? Is that what that is? I think it's totally different. It's they can go hand in hand, but it's a different thing. Those are two different things still. Yeah. Well, I was wondering because you mentioned that your your father had struggled 
with depression and i and i didn't know if it was kind of related to a um to that to like a a pattern towards depression or, or did you also feel like that was different well a pattern as far as you mean like hereditary yeah yeah, yeah. so i am very fortunate that i have not struggled that deeply i should say i think a lot of people kind of you know dabble in depressive thoughts and whatnot. Um, but I, I struggle with anxiety for the most part, which also can go hand in hand with depression. Um, so I'm very fortunate that I have not felt the way that he has felt, although I do have other people in my family who are currently struggling. And you can tell it, it is a hereditary um, issue. Okay. Yeah. okay. But so again, still again, something uh, quite different from this from this um, model you're you're talking about with women feeling um, the sense of rebirth as a new person and no one kind of uh, being able to understand them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, okay. and they're not having the resources and support that they need to figure out what way they're supposed to go. Everyone celebrates mm-hmm. the new baby, right? Or in the, if they give birth in a hospital, they're sent home three days later and they're like, what am I supposed to do with right now? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what happens, that's right? True. That's why I gave birth yeah. at home after my first one. But th- there's, just, oh, wow. there's, there's no support. There's no resource. There's I shouldn't say that. They're getting better. There are women. One of my best friends is actually starting a company all for supporting new moms. And it's a piece of that. Mm -hmm. Like, who are you now? Who do you want to be? Mm -hmm. And who do you want Mm -hmm. to show up as? But we don't usually have that. It's it's very different in in other countries where, say, someone like a a doula is part of the Mm -hmm. state health system. Yeah. Which, and you know, ask an American what a doula is, and try and you know, in see what see what you know Greek food they come up with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. I didn't know what a doula was with my first, and you know, with yeah. my first, I was laying in a hospital bed all alone for a long wow. time. Um, mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I was pregnant with my second that my my one of my best friends who now has the company, she sat me down and she was it was actually kind of a, a joke. It was like a bait and switch. She's like, let's go out to breakfast. And then she's like, let me tell you about home birth. And I was like, what? And then I started learning <laughs> oh. all about doulas and midwifery mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's not common. Did you do a whole free birth? Is that with your second baby? Or no, like... no. I had mm. I had midwives there. Um, okay. No doulas, yeah. but the midwives that you have pretty much support do have doula support. So yeah. I, I just had yeah. the midwives. My friend is a Zenith in uh, in Austin, Texas, had a free birth, and she had a, a full. Her husband, excuse me, she had a baby. Her husband had a full on <laughs> panic attack. Yeah, it was just like the most raw experience a for him. A planned free birth. Planned free birth, yeah. Wow. I, see, I, I don't think I could. Well, I ended up hemorrhaging with my second, so there's no oh. way I would have done it with my third. But yeah. I, I think I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I'm too scared to do that. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> there's right. a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> we lost a lot of women giving birth to children back in the That's medieval times before. <laughs> Just like 100 years ago. Yeah. Uh, in, in like Maybe Nebraska, not even. They're doing yeah, probably all, not even. They're dying all the time. Yeah, during the uh, Industrial Revolution. <laughs> Just as a sidebar, I mean, that, that, that's one of the things, like another kind of myth about um, America that can be exploded is like the myth of a, a nuclear family because it's mm. really on the whole, so many women were dying in, in labor and so many men were dying out in the fields or at war 
that a blended family is like the most natural kind of family. Yeah, that, that's interesting that, yeah. to think about. It is. But again, that's probably not what Adriana is here to talk no, about. No, that's do. a little side story. <laughs> I was actually on a podcast before home birth. I could talk about it all oh, wow. day long, but I know that's Whoa. not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but I think you bring up a really interesting point about feeling kind of lost or also that sense of, you know, as a woman, when you give birth to a child, like needing to figure out who you are again because it is like a little death of yourself mm -hmm. and a rebirth of yourself and as you birth a child it is really like birthing your yourself again and yeah. you're needing to like find your personality find you know your interests find who you are in this new form and yeah it can be really disorienting i think I actually never thought of it as this until right now, but I think it's a spiritual awakening every time. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, the whole process, yeah. reawakening again. Yeah, 100%. How old are your babies now? Eight, three, and one. Oh. Youngins. Okay. Youngins, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a well, lot your son, to do. He's, and, is he eight, too? Wasn't he around he my daughter? Oh, he's just kidding. He's 12 in a couple yeah. weeks, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, I met him when he was five. Though uh, I was told about him when he was still in the in your belly, but, um, <laughs> I, like, where is he going? I, to this? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, it's it's been you know I just think about like you know the transformation uh, in our experience from five to five to twelve. He you know is very different daily activities and things that we have to kind of endure. Um, <laughs> But he's still the same kid. He's still exactly the same kind kid of, yeah, that I met then. Formed. But like having yeah. a one-year-old and an eight-year-old, like you get pulled in drastically different mm. situations that you have to kind of cognitively figure out what to do with the child. I I always say my eight-year-old's actually our hardest right now because mm. she's going through that forming her own opinions and her identity and talking back. Yeah. She was always the angel baby, like the angel dog. Yeah. I never had a tantrum. Now we're like, who the hell are you? What do you think you're right. doing? But yeah. the baby is also like the easiest baby that we could have ever asked for. And she just, hmm. she helps a lot with him, which sometimes too much. We're like, stop trying to mother him. Put him down. Walk away. Put put him down. Walk away. <laughs> and um, but she, it's just, it's just navigating her attitude right now is probably the yeah. biggest difficulty. Yeah. I think that's like the next, you know, eight years of your life probably. Yeah, that's right here. <laughs> do you do you ever indulge yourself in, in doing your human design work on the eight-year-old? Yeah. Um, not to the extent that I want to. I think after <laughs> probably after January, I want to dive even deeper into like my own husbands and and theirs and whatnot. I've I every single child of mine, they're all different. So mm -hmm. like different types. There's five types. So it's gonna be a lot of exploring, but I do I do understand her better knowing what type she is and that has helped mm -hmm. with my patience mm -hmm. levels at least. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Can how how would you describe her? Very um she's very much the controller, the take take initiative, um we're going to do this, no, you do this, like delegating people, um mm -hmm. but always being the one who calls the shots. And that's that's her type by design. She's very much the initiator. That's called a manifester. And she's the one who initiates everything. She's the the get started, get things going kind of personality. And that used to be really, well, it can still be irritating, but it's like 
they very much stand in their own opinions and that's what makes them so fascinating but they'll either really repel people or people will be really intrigued by what they have to say and so we're just working through that whole which <laughs> which way do, are we going to feel today towards this energy and allowing her to just be her without getting so impatient <laughs> that's amazing because okay so i think that describes our our child <laughs> to a T. And his grandmother is the one who's in totally intrigued by what he has to say. Huh? And his stepfather is <laughs> repelled by that uh, controlling behavior and turns into a troglodyte and um, can just just like stares at him as he's as that. Ha- that's me. That's me. Um, <laughs> It made me sneeze. It's, I, I, I'm, rep- I'm repelled. Yeah, I'm repelled <laughs> oh when gosh. someone is direct me, directing me to do things that I don't want to do. That's probably in your chart. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what can I do about a man, about, about living with a, a man, what's, what do you call it, a manager? A manifester. A manifester. It sounds like a yeah. manager, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm in charge of. of the radio. Do you understand? In the yeah. car, that's my job. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what they are. And um, they can they can struggle to communicate things as they're going along, which can be really difficult for the people around them. So it's important for them to, like, keep people in the loop. Um, Right. And and they they need that feeling of empowerment that they are in control of what they need to do or that's when they'll feel really angry. And that's that can it's just like that push and pull between two people. Um, So. Finding, finding, giving them their alone time is important. Um, mm-hmm. Just having that, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't remember the word. When you really, autonomy, Solidity. autonomy. There we go. Autonomy. There we go. Yeah. Autonomy oh, is very because they're autonomous beings. Yeah, I keep yeah. forgetting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great. They're, they're very inward focused. But that's good for mm-hmm. them. So it's a matter of understanding mm-hmm. their needs and their autonomy and that they can't feel controlled or they'll kind of lash out, just be angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Am I also the same person? Because that's I, I well, you la- have a manifest you're a manifesting generator. So how is that different? Yeah. So a manifesting generator is a generator type. So a generator has a lot of this go, go, go energy. It's a lot of like where the nine to five kind of work style comes from these days. Um, but the generator has that power to also initiate and get things started like a manifester would. Mm-hmm. So they're a generator with a lot of energy, but they can also get things started as long as it's in alignment with their strategy and authority, which goes, mm-hmm. I know you probably have no idea what that means, but <laughs> we can get into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's like, what's Russell's strategy and authority? Oh, okay. So let's see. Well, <laughs> as an example, your designs. Yeah. Um, so his strategy, a manifesting generator strategy, is to respond. So literally, it's you're designed to wait to respond to something from your outside physical reality before initiating your energy to do that thing. So, yes, you can take you have um, a initiative. camera in my house what is <laughs> what's going on wait to respond <laughs> well, wait to respond yeah that's what um, i do though that's good <clears throat> I, it, it's like you're you have a defined sacral center which is your gut 
So like, do you feel gut reactions to things? Does that come naturally <laughs> to you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, if you're listening to that gut reaction, that's what's authentic for you. And that's when you know when to initiate energy, when to respond to things and when not to. Um, we always say like, trust that life is coming to you and that you don't have to force things. Just listen to that gut and really fine tune the way that you can listen to that gut and what it feels like for you. And your so your strategy is the way that you interact with the world around you. That's in alignment for your energy, kind of balances everything out. And then your authority is the way that you make aligned decisions. So your decision is also based for you on your sacral center. So you have sacral authority as well. And that's really deciding yes or no to um, and to finding your answer based on your own gut response, your vocal reactions. Do you tend to be very vocal? Like if you eat a piece of pizza, you're like, mm, this is good. Or, well, if you like pizza, I guess I should say. Or if <laughs> Harmony is like, hey, let's go out uh, 10 o'clock at night. And you're like, ugh, I don't want to do that. Like, do you have that vocal kind of reaction, whether out loud or in your I head? you do. You mm-hmm. sometimes make little noises. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's yeah. it. And that, that's your gut, your sacral center talking to you. So listening to that, it, that's going to be your authority. That's the biggest, two of the biggest pieces that you can take from your design is just like trusting your gut and allowing yourself to answer from your gut instead of your head. That's what human design is all about. Get out of your head. One of my yoga students in, in Brighton in England said to me once, can you just tell me what that sound means? <laughs> Mm. Mm. What does mm. the what do those sounds mean? Because I'm struggling here. <laughs> and that's, um, that's well. Go ahead. I, I I'm I'm curious about the because what I the the anxiety that I have about what you just suggested is that I feel like uh, I don't I don't do enough to manifest my own destiny. I don't do enough to plan my life, and I'm just kind of responding to things. And it feels sometimes like um, I'm just like a straw in the wind and I'm not really like a go-getter, like Harmony. It was out there, you know, really doing stuff. I'm just sort of sitting here, like I feel like I should be doing more. But are you responding with taking action that you feel is necessary for you in that moment? Well, well, yeah, I just won a prize in Calgary, you know, because I responded. I didn't really plan it. I saw an opportunity. It's like, oh, that's exactly what I want. I'm going to go do that. Harmony asked me what I wanted out of it. I said, I want to win prizes. <laughs> and that's, I'm here for the prizes. And I, and I went and I, and I won a prize and I was really like completely gratified by the entire experience. Really satisfied, right? That, that's really your, satisfied. that's exactly what's in alignment for you. When you feel that deep sense of satisfaction, that's how you know you followed everything in alignment to a T. Mm-hmm. When you are not, your, your, um, it's called a not self theme. So literally when you're not in alignment with your true design, you'll feel frustrated, like this deep, powerful sense of frustration, like you're hitting a wall and that's how, you know, oh, I made an incorrect decision here. Something's out of alignment somewhere. But when you feel that deep satisfaction, it sounds to me like you don't have a problem. You're already authentically living and flowing by your design without even knowing it. It's coming so easily to you that you're like, why is this so easy? I feel like it should be harder. That's the point of human design. It's not supposed to be so hard. It's supposed to mm-hmm. flow. Mm-hmm. Oh. But what if your wife tells you that there's you should be a bit more active? 
<laughs> like being more up up to speed on your Instagram, you know, oh. that kind of thing. What's really important for a manifesting generator and a generator is that you have to be really excited and lit up by what you're putting your energy into. If you're not, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not, your energy's not there. You're going to end up in burnout, frustration, and it's just not going to feel good for you and it's not going to give you the results you want. So mm-hmm. if social media was something you wanted to build and you were excited about building, you it would take off. But if not, if you're doing it just because you feel like you should, that is mm-hmm. the conditioning from society, environment, harmony, all around you telling <laughs> you that you should do or be a certain way. But that's what the point is, deconditioning from the societal expectations and doing what feels an alignment for you and your energy. I'm concerned that harmony is even <laughs> going to be like, you're not getting, you're, you're now that you're in flow with your identity, you're really not going to get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're getting things done just fine. I thought so. <laughs> Seeing things, my life seems really easy to me. I don't know. Okay, so we have a manifester. We have a manifesting generator. Who am I living with? That's what I want to know. He wants to know mm. about the projectors, I guess. A projector, which made so much sense when I realized you were a projector because it's you're the projector is someone who's here to, it's like the director of the movie set. And they have a really strong capability to guide and direct others and have insight in a way that most other people do not. Very gifted in leading people. Um, And so that, it just made so much sense to me in what she does because she is so good at what she does. And she's really honed in on her skills and really perfecting what she does. And that's what a projector is here to do. They're here to educate others from everything that they are so knowledgeable and good at. Um, With a projector, the way you can support her is Harmony, I don't know how much you remember or know about your design. It's important for you to wait for an invitation before mm. giving advice or guidance or teaching. So what's really good for her energy is for you to ask her, hey, c- hey, could I have your feedback here? Or some sort of invitation for her to share her knowledge so that when she's putting it out there, it doesn't feel like it's just falling on deaf ears. Um, and then her energy will be in more alignment and more power when she's invited in to share those things. And specific compliments are really good for projectors. It's like it's kind of like the golden retrievers of people. Like, <laughs> tell her she's so pretty. She's doing such a good job. And give her those specific compliments. That's really helpful. Girl. <laughs> so helpful. So helpful. <laughs> she really needs That's to make herself true. known and seen. That's what's important yeah. for her. Can I ask you, what's the difference between her waiting for an invitation and the manifesting generator waiting for the right moment? Responding. So an invitation, just knocked my microphone. An invitation (laughs) is like, she's not going to share what she has to say until someone literally gives her the open door to do so. A manifesting Mm -hmm. generator could sit here and just respond to someone with their advice. So if someone's complaining to you about how awful their life is and blah, 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 but they're not doing anything about it, people like a manifesting generator could, I mean, I do it all the time and I, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to be that friend that listens instead of just like giving advice. Um, mm. But I will respond with everything that I have to give them. And mm-hmm. that it is good for me. That's natural for me. Not so much what they want to hear in that moment, but for harmony, 
it's really out of alignment for them to just simply respond with all the answers. People will not naturally listen if they don't ask her for her advice. So mm-hmm. responding is is responding is for everything in life. You could literally be walking down the street and you see a store that just I, I call it like this ping. You get this ping to go in this store. It's like the universe is like, hey, there's something in here for you. And you go in and maybe you found something you've been looking for for years. Responding can mean anything, as big or as little as that. But an invitation to share, to coach, to teach is what harmony needs so that the person actually gets out of it what they need to get out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, totally. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. And where do you place your, yourself on this spectrum? Are you all, did we already? She's also a manifesting also generator. Also a manifesting generator. So okay. now we have three types. There's two more. Yes. And then there is, well, the generator is pure generator. Pure generator is work force kind of to do energy. They do not have that manifesting energy where Mm -hmm. like to initiate things, to start new things. Um, So they are simply in responding mode, responding to what comes up around them. Um, And then reflectors, which are the rarest form. There's only about 1% um, out there and they are literally reflecting back the environment. They're a mirror to everything in this world right now and showing Mm -hmm. up how we are acting, how we can be better and really reflecting back what needs to be taken care of, what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a really close friend who's a reflector and she's like, in a situation that's very troubling with a very troubling person who's Ooh. like creating a lot of trouble for her. Serious. <clears throat> how would like how is that like how can she manage that situation if like this person's giving her negative energy, bad vibes, bad energy all the time and she's like a reflector and she's trying to like keep herself you know from being affected? negatively by all of this negativity and negative energy and and activities and things like how can somebody like that who's so open and so much like just reflecting people in their environment keep themselves um sane instead of like getting pulled down by that sort of toxic energy well, I recognize that what I'm about to say is coming from a place of someone who has done a lot of work for a lot of years. And so my initial reaction is to get them out of your life, like completely out mm-hmm. of your life. I understand that many people aren't ready for that. And so that's where, yeah. one, understanding your human design and your open centers because they have every center open, which means that they feel and pull in. It's like a chameleon. They can they feel everything that's coming in. They pull in all this energy that's not theirs. and grounding practices within that. How can I kind of zip myself up from their energy? How can I put those boundaries in place, physical and mental and emotional, all of those boundaries? But yeah, if they're that toxic, I would just be like, time to move on, time to move on. Yeah. I mean, to to the case in point, definitely trying to, but unfortunately, um, sharing a child together so very mm. difficult to completely push someone out of your yep. life. No, I feel that. Yeah, my oldest daughter is from um, a past relationship, so I get that. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. Do you do, do you you said you did a lot of work, but as a manifesting generator, do you do you feel like <clears throat> you would have ever struggled with just 
uh, deleting and ghosting someone from your from your experience yeah. from your life? Oh yeah, very much so. You do. Um, you did well, struggle. More, I think most of it came from when I started to become an entrepreneur because you mm. just have this entire up leveling of everything in your life, friends included. I always mm-hmm. live by that quote. Oh gosh, what's his name right now? Um, you are the a- oh Jim Rohn. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It is one thousand percent true. And you don't start seeing your own personal growth really up level until you can let go of relationships that are not serving you and are pulling you down. And a lot of those relationships, they're people who sometimes they mean well, but they're they're projecting their own fears onto you. Like you shouldn't start a new business. You already have this successful one. Why would you risk everything, all that money, yada, yada, yada. And you just need to find people along your path who are like-minded, who are entrepreneurs, who get the struggle. So I think that was my biggest shift was when I started to become a business owner and recognizing that the people around me weren't uplifting, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I feel like some people can, I feel people can often um, feel a sense that they're being inauthentic to who they are. And I I think authentic is a really loaded term. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I have a bad connotation with it. I prefer sincere, uh, someone who's always, you know, trying to learn rather than, you know, um, someone who's, you know, intractably uh, unchanging. But people can feel inauthentic if they um, make a choice that's that's such a massive intervention in in their life, like saying, I'm going to remove this person from my life. So, for example, like in AA, where you say, I need to remove people who are who are in my life who are leading me um, or uh, allowing me to stay in a kind of um, in, in in with these poor toxic habits, patterns. toxic patterns, poor mm-hmm. habits. Yeah. Um, and I've I've never really felt that way. Like I'm like probably over eager to re- to remove someone. <laughs> from my life um he's really into shunning people yeah it's a big thing for me <laughs> like i grew up you know reading little house in the prairie and laura ingalls wilder and like shunning was like a big deal yeah. in the in the frontier and, you know it was effective maybe that's in your chart too it is it's in your chart. Sorry, what are you what are you reading <laughs> So in your human design chart, I do. And I wish you could see it right now. So you have, um, let's see, which channel is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you have this connecting channel actually with Harmony, which you guys had a lot of synchronicities in your chart, which was really fun to look at. But um, Mm -hmm. a piece of that is you really need to find like-minded allies that support your goals and you you want you aim to bring everyone onto the same page and you are like the glue to communities in a lot of ways you have a strong sense of family um sitting around the table really breaking bread with those that you love you also probably have a fondness for food but kind of like who doesn't um you really <laughs> thrive in tight-knit communities domestic matters are really important to you with cooperation and respect. And so when there's one part of you that really loves to make people feel welcome, sometimes you might come across as like, actually, Harmony, this is both your connecting chart. You might come across as like touchy-feely because you are a person who shakes hands and gives hugs and welcomes people. 
But the other side of that is if they're not really like-minded people and they don't feel like an ally, you know you don't need them. So that makes sense mm-hmm. to me. Wow. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> wow. I know I, like I don't need them. I do <laughs> know that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm ready to turn the switch on that. them. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. both have the sacral authority, so we're both really like gut mm. gut instinct people, mm. I guess. Mm. You don't Harmony, you don't have sacral authority. I don't? Oh, You've I thought splenic. I did. You've splenic. Oh, splenic. Yep. Oh, tell us about splenic authority. Yeah. It sounds like a spleen. Spleen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um with splenic authority means you have a defined spleen center. And this is you can make decisions in the moment just based on intuition. Like you are the okay. fastest decision maker. You can, you're meant to be spontaneous and impulsive and making your decisions. And that can show up as like a whisper in your ear or tingles that you feel like whatever your intuition feels like, that's right for you. I feel like he's like thinking of a specific moment right now or something. It's, <laughs> it's like every moment. <laughs> Good, so you're really connected to it then. Yeah, that's how, that's how I... That's how I live my life. No, we had a plan. <laughs> we had a plan, <laughs> Harmony. This is what the plan was. Uh, <laughs> that plan's working out, huh? <laughs> I'm yes. Yeah, Planning is a is challenging for me because I yeah. do yeah. have such a strong kind of uh, felt sense mm-hmm. of what I feel like doing, what's leading me. Does this feel right? Does that not feel right? And like just kind of yeah. going with with that instinctive intuition kind of sense. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's really, what, that's I find mean. it amazing yeah. when people can like put together these schedules and plans and really organize their life. I mean, maybe it's also because I have like ADD and it's impossible for me to do that. Yeah. I feel. No, this Where is, this diagnose, is, sweetie? well, this is just a theory. Cause I, I was diagnosed yeah. with ADHD when I was younger and so yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but I really am curious if these diagnoses are more human design because ADHD, mm. I very much see goes hand in hand with a manifesting generator. And there's just a mm. lot of pieces that I've seen along the way that I kind of wonder if, if that's really what it is. It's by design, but you know, the medical Western mm. medicine wanted to slap a label on it, but that's just my mm-hmm. own yeah. thing there. I don't know. That's fascinating. ADHD responds really well to amphetamines. <laughs> Coffee. That's okay. why we're all drinking I waiting, coffee. I was hoping I could get a spit take out of that. If I timed it just right, I'd get a spit take, and I almost got one. She almost spit that out. Um, it's really funny oh, when, when I when I hear about when I hear you talk about ADHD, and then I see the way that you operate, where a, a switch does turn on for you, and you get into your project. It's almost like um, a blinders are put on around your head and you're aware mm-hmm. of almost nothing else except the project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yep. it's rare for me to ever feel that. Really? Yeah. I, oh I'm God. into a project where I'm kind of having awareness of all these other things that are going on all around me all the time. And it's, but you're, it's like. I get in the zone. Yeah. It's, it's a kind <laughs> yeah. of bl- like blindness. I can I'm even like, work in a coffee shop. No problem. And your son is the same way. He cl- so clearly your yeah. clone. <laughs> clearly um, your clone. Very but little. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, Harmony, can you only do that for like a few hours at a time? Maybe even only a couple hours at a time? Yeah, I would say it's, I definitely have like a 
sort of two to maximum three hour time yep. time limit hmm. for that. And hmm. that Why is the that difference be? between a projector and like a generator type because generators can go out. We could work for hours and hours and hours. And yeah, you and I are probably multitasking while doing it. But a yeah. projector, they need a lot more rest. They don't have that sacral energy that we do, that defined motor center that gives them this what feels like sometimes limitless energy. So they need to mm-hmm. stop and recuperate and take breaks mm-hmm. and only really focus on things like that a couple hours at a time. Or they'll they'll mm-hmm. be real prone to burnout if they don't. Wow. I, one of the like the fondest periods of my life in uh, paradoxically, like the loneliest period of my, my life, but I was like really into it was when I was in graduate school. And then for, for painting graduate school, the expectation is that you go into your studio and, and you develop a body of work out of fucking thin air. Mm. And so like the expectation of spending like 10, 12 hours a day working in the studio is, um, really high, but I also found like I was the only one actually doing it. Like mm-hmm. a lot of my cohort were, were really getting like two hours in and then they were exhausted. And I was like, you guys are losers. And I have, and I've, I have shunned them. <laughs> me. Um, but I was, I was living there. You know, I was, Literally. literally living in your <laughs> yeah. studio yeah. i had a little couch that pulled out of the closet and i would i would sleep there and live there and then i would go into the city to do yoga i'd come back and it'd be another you know another 14 hour a day mm-hmm. and it was it was no sense of burnout for me i was just like yeah this is best time of my life so because it really woke like, you really, up yeah, yeah yeah and i was like something was really happening shifting changing things were really getting interesting Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, maybe I felt the effects on my body and mind later, but I, um, and I felt, you know, I really felt like I was indulging in that loneliness and I was listening to a lot of Nick Drake and it was, you know, it was, but there was also like, yeah, all these things are happening in the studio all at the same time, you know, like, um, there are social connections happening. There's music happening. There's the work that's happening. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of still stunned by the way that harmony works, where it's just like one thing and she can't even, doesn't even notice the anything else happening in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just really like hones in and very, they're known for efficiency and productivity <laughs> and systems. Um, really good at, at seeing what can be more efficient in others, which is probably when you're like, well, Harmony's telling me I should do this. She's probably like, well, it'd be a lot more efficient if you did it this way. They're really, really mm-hmm. good at that. So that makes a lot yeah. of sense to me. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What about those poor reflector types? <laughs> what about them? Well, I'm just curious. Like, like, so I don't know. I just think it must be so difficult to just like because they're all open right all their centers are open so they're just taking in all this energy from like around them all the time so you were saying like put up some good boundaries and like do some things that are really grounding and centering so i'm thinking like those those need to be very like they like the yoga practice is so good for them or like some meditation or some Mm. like how can they keep themselves like on track and and what are they here to do 
So it's so funny because a lot of information that you find online about like open centers and reflectors, it makes it sound like a bad thing, but it's actually a really beautiful design to have because they they can feel true empathy. They can mm-hmm. they can embody others' experiences in a way that others cannot. They can really take in everything around them and and really be that chameleon. That being said, if you are letting negative things in, if you don't know that you're a reflector or have an open center here or there, that's when it gets tricky. But when you know how to manage that with the right boundaries, with processing things, understanding that it's not your voice, it's their voice and things like that, that's when you turn it into wisdom. They can really take all that knowledge because they've felt and seen and were everything else and they can turn it into how can we make a change? What can we do here that will reflect a better environment around us? And so it's actually mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful, beautiful design to be able to mirror us back to the good health and stability and well-being of where we're at in a way that other people cannot. But it is mm-hmm. all about learning about what your boundaries need to be ensuring that the information you're taking in you know is their information not yours so you can take what you want leave the rest and it is a learning process but i would think mm-hmm. any any sort of mindfulness activities along with grounding activities is really I mean, it's good for anyone right but exceptional for someone <laughs> who is navigating all of that yeah yeah that's so interesting can we just re- review yeah um you mentioned that there were five uh, types in a human design. Can we can we gonna go go through we them one the, more time? And, um, and I want to go through them. Oh, you want to go? That's amazing. You can go through them <laughs> okay, one more so time. Did, I, the, did we talk about all five? Yeah, oh, I think we so. Did. Okay. We did the manifester, pure manifester. Who, who does what? Brings things to life, right? Okay. In, initiates. Yeah. Initiates things. Initiates. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's my my words. Brings things to life. <laughs> Initiate. <laughs> yeah. Then we have a manifesting generator who initiates and also continues, keeps going, does the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Am I? I'm you're still good. on yeah, track. You're good. You're good. Okay. And then we have just the pure generator who doesn't really initiate, but is like the fuel to keep the machine going. Yeah. Yeah. Does the work and keeps things moving along. Okay. And then we have the projector, who's like the conductor, who's <laughs> the conductor, overseeing yeah. and reflecting yeah. back what how people can improve or be better or teaching, guiding, like the overseer. That's how I see the projector. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the director on the movie set. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then there's the reflector reflector and the Mm -hmm. reflector is taking in the energy around them and then reflecting it back like an audience. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it like an audience? I always, I always see a mirror. Yeah. Yeah, I would say a mirror. Yeah. And the really fascinating Mm -hmm. part about being a reflector is their authority, which is the way that they make decisions is called Mm -hmm. lunar authority. They literally have to wait an entire lunar cycle, 28 days, before they can make an important decision. And that's because it filters through every piece of their design to make sure, is this me? Is this conditioning? Is this me or is this someone else saying that I should answer this? And then at the end of that 28-day cycle is when they'll find their most clarity. 
Mm, amazing. Can, can you talk a little bit about the construction of these types and, and how this, this, um, this arose? Oh, yes. We didn't even touch on like the history. Um, so he has since passed, but, um, the original channeler of human design was named Ra. Well, he changed his name to Ra Uruhu and he discovered the human design system in 1987. So in 1987, he had what he called an unusual mystical experience in Spain, followed by Mm -hmm. an encounter with a voice or an intelligence. And then after that, he literally wrote, I think it was for like eight days and nights, he wrote all of this information down. All this information ended up being what they call now is the human design system. And so the emphasis or the basis behind human design system is to, it's like the operating manual for your soul. It's the science of differentiation. How is my energy different than yours? And it's based on astrology, the I Ching, Kabbalah, astronomy. Um, And I think that all of that coming together, it's kind of like if the Enneagram and astrology had a baby that was a little bit more (laughs) science backed. That's what I feel like human design is. And it's, okay. I've never met someone who did not agree with their chart. It's probably the most fascinating work that I've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he, Rauru has since passed, but his work continues on jovianarchive.com and mybodygraph.com are great places. They have a blog and whatnot to find more information. And And what kind of type is that when someone goes into a mystic, sort of schizophrenic state and 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 then um transmits uh these you know concepts what, what, is that a yeah did he do human design on himself a, is that a manifestor kind of type was he i honestly forget what type he was and as soon as you started saying that i was like crap what is his type i honestly forget um so now i have to look that up and figure that um, out. Maybe our listeners can put it in our uh, comments on yeah. Instagram. We yeah. could do Instagram. Um, <laughs> like a little research. Well, a, a, a prize, a prize. For, for the winner. There and, you go. You know, com- put yeah. comments on who you think the um, the Rahu Uhuru's um, <laughs> um, type is. So you and I share this, this type, the manifesting Ooh. generator, if I have that right. And I, I wonder if you could talk to us about your day, your spiritual practice, and given what you know about yourself, how you plan your day and and what you do to optimize your experience of, of being you. What a good question. Um, <laughs> I've gotten a lot better at this since understanding what I need, what my energy type needs. I have a piece of me that really thrives with consistency and routines. There's parts of me that don't so much, but in the morning, like that, I need, I mean, I've got three kids, guys. That's a lot of kids. And so I need time to myself. So in the morning, I wake about an hour earlier, depending on the day, it might be earlier if I'm going to the gym or not, but, and I get in some sort of movement. I drink my Ayurvedic Gatorade, which is uh, lime and salt water. I have an Ayurvedic coach. So it's that's nice. Um, Yep, it's my whole thing. And then I spend time reading. And then when the kids wake, we get them off to school or whatever it is that they need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then before, when I'm done getting myself ready for the day, but before work, that's when I'll meditate. I'll go through Mm -hmm. my finances. I will go for a hike with my dog if I'm feeling so inclined. 
Um, and then outside of that, when I'm feeling kind of energy depleted, I should be doing it more, honestly, is what's really good for our energy is some sort of um, musical movement, dance, mm. sensual movement and energy around music or dancing or playing an instrument, something like that, that really gets the energy flowing, which makes mm-hmm. so much sense because I grew up a dancer. I've always, mm. always been nice. into dance. And mm-hmm. You know, when I was a teenager and I go clubbing, like that was my kind of dancing. And now Mm -hmm. it's more like Zumba or hip hop classes or something like that. (laughs) Oh, how it changes. Um, But that's really good for me, along with listening, just listening to music or singing. And that would be really good for you as well. I I have we have a a Roomba and I will often dance with that. (laughs) We we kind of go around in circles together. Do you put on like music singing, too? Though. You put on your singing and your and you put on music in your studio when you're painting and then you're like screaming, singing down here. Screaming, singing. singing. Yeah. What when a painting is going really well and I feel lit up by it, I will start to dance. Yeah. That always, that's been something. When I was younger, I would go uh, in Chicago, I would go do industrial rave dancing, which was a Ah, fun. Yeah, super it, fun. It's really <laughs> trying anything new, learning something new and challenging yourself outside of work is also another big, big piece. So any taking up mm-hmm. any little hobby, whether it's going and rave dancing again, like whatever it mm-hmm. is, taking up any little <laughs> hobby like that to keep that kind of outside of work, like the playful juices flowing really, really good mm-hmm. for manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I do I do like taking up new hobbies, but I often mm-hmm. feel like when I'm doing it, a sense of anxiety because I'm not sure that I'm aligned. That I feel like maybe this is a distraction from the real work. Like, would Philip Seymour Hoffman be, you know, you know, learning how to f- to fleet command an online uh, community <laughs> of spaceships right now? No, I don't know. No. Maybe he just. No. Be- on the work, but I'm really like responding to you know interesting things that are you know so I don't know. But that that is all literally what society makes you feel it. You should be doing, doing, doing. That's when yeah. people get really caught up. Well, this isn't productive right now, but right. It, it's productive it? because it's for your energy. It's putting everything mm-hmm. back into alignment. And then mm-hmm. harmony. What like do you that. do that kind of fills up your soul? I'm curious if it's what I know that like a nourishing ritual would look like for a projector. Totally mm. asleep. <laughs> I, I do like sleeping. I find that incredibly mm-hmm. nourishing for yes. my soul. Very, very good. Yes. I you can often find me taking a nap in the middle of the afternoon. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah. But what else do I like? I like I enjoy meditating. I I mean my favorite holiday is a 10-day Vipassana where I don't have to talk to anyone and I can just meditate for 10 hours a day and be silent. We should make what? sure that happens every year. I really want we to do one again. We should really make sure that happens. That's really good for It's you. very very um filling for me. Because the on that hand you can do that all by yourself mm-hmm. whereas the nap only works when you're lying on top of me. <laughs> it helps to have someone <laughs> napping with me. Spe- sure. Specifically me in specifically. <clears throat> but so yeah. would you call would you call that 10 day of silence and meditation would you call that like a guilty pleasure almost? <sighs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. 
I yeah. love it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I like that's that. A, that's I what, what projectors <laughs> need on top of rest. I mean, rest can look like different to everyone, right? Yeah. But for you, it's napping, napping, and then your guilty pleasures of whatever is coming in for you. That's so nourishing. Mm. Does a Any projector, kind of guilty pleasure? Yeah. Does a projector sure. need a guilty pleasure? To be able to turn their mind off. That's what, yeah. whether you call that it a guilty sense. pleasure or not, you need to be able to turn your mind off. So for me, yes. in order to turn my mind off, I have to turn on some really awful TV that makes me feel better right. about myself, like The Bachelor yeah. or something like that. And that mm. helps me turn off everything else. That's what you yeah. Did you hear me respond with my sacral center to The Bachelor? <laughs> mm. 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 Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's interesting. How else can a projector like nourish themselves? So like having some kind of guilty pleasure or something mm. that helps you turn off. See, I think that's really interesting because sometimes like with my yoga practice, I feel like it doesn't help me turn off. It's like mm-hmm. a to do. It's like a have to do. And I don't find that nourishing or relaxing at all. I'm so glad you said that as someone who <laughs> literally teaches yoga because I love yoga and I know it helps me and yeah. I feel good after I do it. But my mind yeah. does not turn off. Like I don't get into that meditative space. So that makes me feel so much better that you just said that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my mind can turn off sometimes, but it's usually like after an hour and a half. And I mean, who has that time? Yeah, no, not I. I I mean, I used to have that time, but like, I think when you're really in a creative space or you're really busy or you're, and you get into your yoga practice, sometimes Mm -hmm. it like sparks more creativity and actually like your mind starts kind of like inventing and creating and, um, thinking of things, you know? And so in some way it's like beautiful. I knew a writer who this would happen to her all the time in her practice and she'd keep a notepad by her mat. And as she would be practicing, she'd like be stopping and like scribbling notes all the time. Like, yeah, cause you're entering that like different brain wave where like creativity starts to come up. Right. And I mean, it is a restful state maybe Mm -hmm. for the brain. That is so good. I have so many thoughts around that. Well, first I'd say, Anything rest that looks like rest to you. It could be going for a hike. It could be Mm -hmm. swimming. Whatever that is that allows you to feel a little bit rejuvenated. Um, But I think the fact that you just talked about creativity and just energy moving through your body and yoga is why movement at least once a day is so important. Even if it's like – like I've really worked hard on making sure that my whatever my sense of movement was for the day, it didn't always have to feel productive in the way of like building muscle mass or losing right. weight or whatever. And so I've had my physical therapist telling me I need to do more yin yoga. And for so long, I was like, no, that like, what is that doing for me besides stretching me out? But right. either way, now things are moving, energy's moving. And so even in the morning, if you can't get a full workout in but you can do mm-hmm. some yin yoga any sort of movement like that mm-hmm. it's gonna get all that energy flowing i love that you just said that yeah yeah that's I, good I, I have to say that i think that one of the issues for us with with yoga is, is is that my experience of yoga is is one where you're pushing up against emotional boundaries that are responding to sensation mm-hmm. So I feel like that at the heart is what yoga is, is that you go to stretch and you go and touch your toes and you feel something bound in your hamstrings that's emotional. And then you breathe in response to that to train yourself to adjust to emotional 
fluctuation. Mm. To me right now, that just sounds like more fucking work I have to do. (laughs) I don't want to have to go through, I don't want to have to go through like, uh, uh, like some, you know, immersion therapy in the middle of my fucking (laughs) afternoon. I'd rather go into my studio and paint and listen to music and actually fucking have a nice time Mm -hmm. rather than, than endure past fucking trauma. I know. It's so irritating. Like the, the whole kind of yoga model to me right now it's like it's just (laughs) if there was nothing else to do in my life then yoga is a kind of stressor that is important Mm -hmm. and i can go in the ashram and have this this one stressor in my day but i have a lot of other fucking things to do (laughs) that are emotionally taxing yeah last fucking thing i want to do is go and feel how you know my my childhood fucking pain (laughs) i know (laughs) i know Yeah, and breathe through it. I know. I've been I've been doing it for a little while now, at least a couple times a week, and it is every time I just this is good for me. This is good for me. Oh, I yeah, almost did it a is. Spit it take. is interesting because it, I mean, it's it's a, like a type of somatic therapy, but it, it is a, it is it is somatic. a type of it is, it is somatic, somatic therapy. therapy. Yeah. yeah, let's just and mm-hmm. but like you're saying, you kind of have to be up for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Because a lot of what I'm doing is I am also in hypnosis right now and really envisioning like my back fracture healing and all of these things. And I'm really trying. And so I'll envision it and it it feels good when I'm doing, you know, it's kind of painful. Good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like before I do it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to fucking do this. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Every time. Yeah. Yeah. How did you fracture your back? Um, we don't really know. It it started to be symptomatic after I had my second daughter, but I was a gymnast and an equestrian, so it could they oh, say from, wow. from landing on your feet like that. So yeah, it could have been yeah. any of that. But or a bad horse. And then it got maybe exasperated. Good job. How do you Good, say try. It? Good try. Good try. <laughs> exacerbated. Thank you. In, in delivery. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You get exasperated with your exasperated. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was freshman. like, this is going in one of two ways, and I'm not sure. I know I which way I want it to go, but I don't <laughs> think I can make my lips say it properly. <laughs> well, what's the what's the plan now for you? And what do you what do you what's your you have a five year plan with do you know what your does, what's as, your five year plan? You've been working with my wife has a has a coach, Kelsey Murphy. Yeah. And the two of you both share that. Where is she pushing you to go now? Well, I actually ended my work with her back in June, and mm-hmm. I just hired a new coach yesterday, which uh-huh. was after. Oh, I didn't tell you, Harmony. I hired Sarah. Um, nice. so that was oh, the I love her. Sarah emotional Walton. roller coaster that I had to go through with not feeling ready, but feeling ready. And, you know, you're never really ready. It's like having a baby. Are you ever really ready? No, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, I have like my three-year plan in mind. I have started <laughs> stepping into my role as a speaker. So booking more speaking opportunities in 2023 is going to be really big for me. Um, and then in three-ish years, I'm hoping to start writing a book. But that could turn into a five-year, so I'm not really sure mm-hmm. there. The rest, I'm just kind of responding to life, letting life respond to me and responding. Yeah. I love it. Our, it's already unfolded in ways I didn't expect. was one of those. Maybe you responded to this invitation. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I actually always wanted to ask Harmony to be on the pod- podcast, but I was like, 
I feel like I don't have that much to give. And then she asked me and I was like, okay, I see you. I see you, universe. (laughs) (laughs) This has been really fun. Yeah. Um, How can people find you? I know you have like a special offer for doing um, some sessions or how can people work with you? Um, So right on my website, adrianakeefe.com, they can book a chart reading or I also have one-to-one coaching I do have, I don't know when this is going to air, but I do have my online course for human design for business going live in January. I think about mm-hmm. the end of January. Um, they can just sign up for that on for the wait list right on my website. Um, and then my podcast, Women Who Want More, which Harmony graced us with her yes. presence over the mm-hmm. summer, I want to say. Something yeah, I like think that. it was in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. But I was just thinking, I want to like send you guys all my notes on your charts because you have a lot of um, electromagnetism between them where you like Ooh. you one person has one gate to find the other person has the other and it's just like boom. And it's just wow. like one gate defined and one gate's open. Yep. And then the other person has the other defined gate. And you guys have a oh. lot of cool syncing in your charts. So I'll have to send you oh, all my notes. Oh, by the I way, if you, on your podcast, Women Who Want More, mm-hmm. I am available. <laughs> What do you want to talk about? <laughs> if women want more, I yeah, he's I can, available for more. I can available. More. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to say that because I I knew in my heart like that is so putting myself out there like that is so opposite of my tendency. Is it? <laughs> I just thought this would be funny on many different levels if I said this. <laughs> I feel like I know him so well now after seeing his chart. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I know who he is. I, I get it. That's so cool. <laughs> I would love cool. to know more about this magnetism. Yeah. Is there any you particular center? All day long, you feel it. Like, I know, but is there any particular, like, centers that are, like, like powerfully magnetized? Um, <laughs> more powerful than another? That yeah. I'm not quite I sure, but you, you guys have... Obvious. You, you have um, so when when one gate fully defined is fully defined to another gate, it creates what's called a channel. So when you both bring those gates to the table, then you together can create this sort of channel. And I think the one that stood out for me the most was in your head centers because let's see, sixty four forty seven. Oh yeah, so. With you, Harmony, you, you're you very much like um, a lover of philosophy and understanding life and contemplating life. And that's when we first started talking today. And I was like, I love watching you think now because I can just <laughs> see it. So that like mm. 6447 gate is the channel of abstract thinking. So it's like, yeah. you know that analogy, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around to hear it. Have you heard that analogy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, did it even fall? And most people would be like, well, who really cares? And you'd be like, I do. Like. Does that really? I've contemplated this at at great depths. I have a whole degree in philosophy. So I've contemplated all kinds of strange abstract things at great depth. And I had a great time doing it. Your degree is in philosophy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. You were uh, looking at your chart. You're like Hegel in our library are taking up a lot of space. (laughs) Heidegger, Hegel. All of it. Oh, that's awesome. Like, we can get those out. Yep. (laughs) But then, like, Russell will have one of those defined, but not both. And it's like, he, when you're together, you can kind of pull the pieces out of him to kind of conceptualize Mm. or communicate 
those certain things. So it's really cool watching the, the oh. definitions between you two. Interesting. Interesting. Like a sense of articulation of, a, of yeah. an impulse. She asks me for that a lot. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. Well, when you're trying to put a concept together that you know intuitively what you want to say, and you ask me for how to how to def- what word would best suit it, mm. you ask me that like many times a day for the last six years. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yep. It, <laughs> yeah. His his gate forty seven is um, the gate of realization. And mm. it's like he's a born problem solver. You have that gate harmony, but yours is subconscious. So sometimes you need to kind of step out of the normal ways of thinking or you need someone else to help pull it out of you. And and you guys have mm-hmm. a lot of complimentary gates on your charts. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love Sparks that. I think people should, everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. people should like <laughs> – like get their lover and like come do a couple session with you. I, I know that's that's actually something I've thought about doing in the future. More relationship I would go further than that, and I would start arranging marriages. <laughs> you probably could because because that's the like when we, that synchronicity is something that really should be cherished, and you should really kind of save yourself for because it's yeah. special. Like single women, they should they should uh, get their their boyfriend's chart. There should be an app for that. An app, what I'm saying. <laughs> right? An app for There's apparently channels. a human design dating app. Apparently. Oh my god! Is yeah, because that would really that's yeah, that's my where you want to find yourself. To look up how he could because he really wants to stop what he's doing in his career and work in some sort of sex energy work. And he's like, "What yeah. if we could work together where you're working in human design with relationships?" And whatever. So he was like, let's do an app. And it turns out it's already existing. There already is one. Yeah, I I highly recommend that because it's <laughs> there, are t- there are times you find yourself with people that they fill a particular need that you had, mm-hmm. but it's not truly magic like, they, like yeah. the storybooks. And, yeah. you know, that experience of meeting someone who's magic and everything falls into place is is so life-changing yeah and you know things like like love songs on the radio make sense in a way that had never had before oh my god my husband said that to me when we first started dating did you guys <laughs> feel that from a movie or something i'm all oh, mm-hmm. on to him now <laughs> yeah it's i think it's just true i think people i think it's the the experience of falling in love for mm-hmm. for real for real yeah. for reals yeah. for reals reals for reals for yeah. reals reals yeah <laughs> yeah oh uh, well this was so so fun and so beautiful and thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and all of your human design expertise with us and also just giggling and having a fun time <laughs> talking thank about so all much. of our idiosyncrasies I'm Good having job, trouble sweetie. today. Good effort. <laughs> Good effort, time for a nap. Harmony, time for a nap. Time for a nap. <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> to be honest, she woke up six hours ago. Let's be real. It's <laughs> Wait, 11 a.m. for you there? It's 11. It's 11, and she woke up six hours ago. No. So wow. it's, it's time for a nap. Good for you. I think it is <laughs> time for a nap. <laughs> mm. Uh, well, thank you again, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. 
Quick reminder, this is your last week to jump into Time Genius with Marie Forleo and myself coming into my mastermind to get weekly support for every module. It's an amazing way to go through the program with a group of like-minded individuals and also one-on-one support with me to help you create uh, the time that you need to get rid of feeling overwhelmed, get rid of the pattern of overworking, get rid of feeling exhausted this year. Wouldn't it be nice to go through the whole year filled with energy, doing the things you love, doing the things that you have to do with joy, feeling energized by them instead of drained by them, figuring out what matters most and prioritizing those things that matter most so that you don't have to get burnt out and knowing what to do when you start to hit that red line, when you start to feel like you need to step back, um, knowing how to step back, how to recharge, knowing whether it's physical rest you need or mental rest or emotional or a spiritual reset, or maybe you need a little social reprieve. There's many different types of rest and ways to reset. And we're going to talk about all of them inside of Time Genius so that you can ignore what is not important and focus on what truly matters. We're going to help you stay consistent and inspired and motivated all year long. And yeah, it's going to be great. So Time Genius closes this week on January 20th. Please jump into my mastermind group. Join Time Genius through me. I cannot wait to help you get free of time stress and also bring your goals, your aspirations into life, create time and space in your day, in your week, in your schedule for them so that you can really get those things that you want to do that are sitting on your heart that you have a heart for to get them done, to start them even, to create time for them so that Feeling overworked and overwhelmed, burnt out doesn't have to be your default state this year. You can really enter 2023 powerfully and finish powerfully going through the year uh, with just so much energy, focus, clarity, and creativity. So that is this week. Don't miss out. It's an amazing program. I can't say enough about it. And I would just love to support you through it. It's the best way to get coaching with me this year for this month. If you haven't signed up to do one-on-one coaching with me, this is a great affordable way to get that uh, support to really help you move forward with your goals and your dreams and with the things that are important for you in your life. So head on over to my website, harmonyslater.com. You'll find all the information there to sign up for Time Genius and work with me directly for the month of January. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a heart wind and the soil